We are now on the back end of many of our fall sport championships. I'm Dr. Jennifer Ruxted, Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. And we are wrapping up some of those championships. And today we're going to be talking about our fall softball championships. Marty Marsh, Assistant Executive Director in charge of the sport of softball. Welcome. Thank you. And Jason West, our Director of Communications. Good to see you. Thank you for and having me. And hear you because we're on an audio <laughs> podcast. Okay, so we're talking fall 2023, girls softball. Marty, we had five classes. Talk us through the results for those five classes. Class one state champion was La Plata, and the runner-up was Jamestown. Marion C. Early captured the third place game, and Gallatin finished fourth in class one. We look at class two. Carrollton was the champions. Uh, The runner-up was Chaffee. South Harrison, again, won the third place game. And Lynn finished fourth. In Class 3, we have Fatima, the state champions, and St. Francis Borgia, the runner-up. Oak Grove took third place, and Winfield finished in fourth. In Class 4, Washington was the champions. Elias Catholic took second. Carney won the third-place game, and Parkway West finished fourth. In Class 5, Francis Howell were the champions. Blue Spring South was the runner-up. Raymore Peculiar finished third, with Troy Buchanan finishing fourth. It was quite a competitive field, and we had some great softball, despite the weather, over uh, two intense days of action. For the careful listener, we talked with our listeners about the fall softball championships, and we were very clear it was a three-day event. You said over two intense days of action, so what happened? So we had been corresponding with the National Weather Service moving into this championship. And and like any of our championships, we monitor those factors. Information consistently with a high degree of probability kept showing intense rain for prolonged periods of time, lightning and thunder, and extremely cold weather. Would it have made it very impossible to play Saturday's championship games? In correspondence with the coaches and and after a a great deal of collaboration, the decision was made to move those championship games to the stadium field on Friday night and play those concurrently with the third-place games in each class, and those games were played on an auxiliary field. While we had had rain, a little bit of rain both Thursday and Friday, it became a little more consistent on Friday night, and if you woke up Saturday morning in the Springfield area, and we're monitoring the weather. What a great decision it was to play Friday night. Yeah, we did adjust that championship. It's a rarity for us to adjust ahead of time based on a a forecast. We oftentimes get requests from schools in other areas of the playoffs, not at the final site, to move games up for weather forecast. And we are pretty consistent against that. We don't change for weather forecasts unless allowed in our manuals ahead of time and and in some cases we have certain allowances and if those allowances you know if we meet what we have published a little bit different situation in this instance where all of our schools all of our qualifying schools were already on site we had this forecast that indicated that it was possible that we would not be able to get our championship games in for classes one two and three and it was important for all those involved to not only ensure that we get our championship games in, but we wanted to get our third place games in as well. We had an opportunity 
with the right facilities to make that decision. On the back end, it looked really smart, but, you know, the theory of decision-making really is the decision is right at the beginning. It's either right or wrong when you make it because you can't necessarily know what's going to happen. So after the fact, you look really smart, but we didn't know what was actually going to happen. We had the forecasts, but we used the best data we could use, and we did collaborate with the coaches, and it turned out well. I'm saying all this because there's going to be a school out there that says, but you didn't let us. You're right. We didn't. But we were in a very different situation at one site. We had a contained situation. If schools were going to travel, they had already traveled. We did make that decision. The tournament ran very well. It was a little bit longer day on Friday, but we were able to avoid what would have been probably canceled games on Saturday based on those conditions. And we're just glad every class got to play. Jason, what kind of tidbits do you have for us maybe from class one? Well, we had a very nice mix of teams that have been there before. And class one actually this year had two teams that were making their first trip to softball in uh, Jamestown and Gallatin. And uh, for Jamestown, it was exciting because that was their first semifinal appearance in any sport. Whereas we also had Marion C. Early making their 14th trip. So they're a little bit more accustomed to it. La Plata was making their fifth trip overall, but uh, they've been there three out of the last four years. So we kind of ran the gamut in class one. How about class two? Anything interesting? I had a few things stand out in there. Carrollton, we said one, that was their first title in any sport. And it was also their first trip to the softball semifinals and championship game, obviously. So beforehand, the, the best finish of any team was second when the baseball team finished second in 2010. So winning their first title in uh, school history was pretty special. Chaffee was making their third trip, and they made it to the championship game, losing to Carrollton 4-3. to That was probably one of the more exciting games of the weekend. Chaffee even had runners. I believe they had a runner at third base when the game ended. So 4-3 to there, very exciting game to watch. And then we also had South Arison making their first trip. And uh, Lynn was making their third trip, but it was the first time since 2005. So not too many people on the team at that time. That okay. <laughs> now, Class 3 was a little bit different. We have Fatima, returning state champions, and maybe some, some more uh, usual suspects in that class. There were. Fatima making their 11th trip. This is their uh, sixth title for softball, so they are pretty accustomed to it. Borgia was making their first trip in softball. They've been very competitive in some of the other sports like volleyball and so forth, but this was their first trip actually to the Final Four in softball. Oak Grove, this was the second time that they had finished third. Those are the only two times they've been here. And then uh, Winfield was making their second trip, but it was 1995 when they made their first trip. So Fatima had been there more times than the field. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned Borgia. St. Francis Borgia is in the town of Washington, who won the Class 4 championship. So we have St. Francis Borgia and Washington, both schools in the same town, and both of them are our state finalists. Yeah, Washington is quickly becoming the hotbed for softball, at least at the high school level. The Blue Jays have won two titles now in the last three years. They've made it to the, the semifinals for three consecutive years. So combined with Borgia now starting their run, Washington's certainly a hotbed. Also in Class 4, Helias Catholic, they made it to the championship game last year as well. So now they've finished second in back-to-back -back years, and that was their seventh trip overall. Parkway West was making their sixth trip, but first since 93. 
Carney was there as well. That was the second year in a row for them being there. They won it last year and then ended up finishing third this year. So they've also made multiple trips. One of the funnest facts in Class 5 is all four teams that were there had at least one title in their school history with Francis Howe, Blue Spring South, Ray Peck, and Troy, all of which have come within, the, I believe, the last five years as well. So, you know, fairly recent history, but that was the first time that I can recall that we had all four teams at the Final Four having at least one recent title in their school history. Blue Spring South was the one that's been there probably the most, having been there seven times since 2016 to go along with three titles in that span with Francis Howe winning this year. That Francis Howe Blue Spring South game. First of all, Blue Spring South, I, th- I believe, had one loss in the season, so they clearly scored runs in every, at least every other game. Blue Spring South had lost twice in the regular season. Twice in the regular and season then, to the same school out of Nebraska, correct? That is correct. Okay, so they hadn't been beaten by a Missouri school. And then they get shut out in the state championship game and allow more runs. Francis Howe had eight, they allowed more runs than any game they had played in that season. Yeah, coming into the championships, Blue Springs South was one of the top offensive schools. They had averaged 8.3 runs per game and only allowed 2.2, so just over 2 and scored just over 8 per game and then to get shut out in the championship game and and give up 8 runs. You know, it certainly says something to Francis Howe. It was a much better game than the score showed. Take nothing away from Blue Spring South. They're a tremendous softball team, and some might say, you know, kind of bad luck that in the state championship, their first kind of difficult game comes. But it really shows Francis Howe, who had more than two losses on the season, was able to put things together at the right time. Really, just kind of the Vikings took advantage of four errors that the Lady Jaguars made, which is very uncharacteristic. Don't necessarily see that a lot out of Blue Spring South. And so being able to take advantage of those, Blue Spring South only had four hits. So Francis Howell really got the base runners on and, and took advantage. And it was a scoreless game through the first three innings. And then Francis scored three in the fourth and five in the fifth. And that really kind of took control of the rest of the game. There was more than one in the finals, but they did have a grand slam in that Class 5 final in the fifth inning, which is is kind of a big memory (laughs) for a high school kid. So anything you want to add, Marty? How about our crowds? You know, we had over 3,800 in attendance over the course of two days. Great attendance with 2,922 individuals there on Friday. It was just an electrifying atmosphere, a lot of great softball teams really displayed themselves well and acted with a great deal of class over the course of of the two-day tournament. That was one thing that I I really noticed, especially with the changes and and the weather. Thursday, the the weather was terrific, and everybody was like, okay, what's going to happen? But once we got the information out to the schools and, and the teams and the fans, everyone really came together and Friday was a lot smoother than it could have been. And, you know, that was very refreshing of how well and how smooth that day went. I agree. I think our schools did a great job of adjusting. And when you make a change like that, there's going to be, there are going to be winners and losers. And in this case, the third place games for classes one, two, and three were the quote unquote losers. They did not get to play on the championship field. And when it came down to it, we had to prioritize, do we want to get the whole tournament in (laughs) before the following week? Or do we want to try to get, you know, all of our schools had traveled there. They had hotel rooms. They had all those things. And their people were there. Everything was 
already set up and everyone agreed, you know, it's more important to get these games in, let these kids play than to, you know, kind of nitpick about where we play. So we did feel badly that our third place games did not get to be in those three classes, did not get to be on the championship field, but just can't say enough about our coaches and our schools for handling it so well. They they just really rallied around the situation, and, and you hate to say a bad situation, but they made the best of not a positive situation and, and one that could have taken the opportunity to gripe and complain, but the number of coaches and the number of spectators that I had come up to me on site during the tournament and say, wow, that was just the right decision. You, you're making the right decision. So much appreciated, and, and I can't say enough positive about the schools that were involved. Any final thoughts from either of you? Looking forward to spring softball and certainly uh, get back at it again in the fall next year with these schools. And, and uh, you know, I think across the state of Missouri, we had just a tremendous fall softball season. It was a good season. We hardly had any weather issues all season. You know, up until the very end, we <laughs> we did make some adjustments there at the end, as we have already discussed. There were very few cancellations in our season. So, Jason, anything from you? Very grateful to Mother Nature for allowing us to, <laughs> to get that in, you know, even throughout the playoffs, not having uh, that many rain delays or, you know, postponements and getting programs and publications put together a lot easier when when everything can be played when it's scheduled. Okay. Well, thanks to both of you for helping recap what was another very successful championship in our fall softball championship. And I am Dr. Jennifer Rexstad, Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. You have been listening to the Misha All Access Podcast. This is Dr. Jennifer Ruckstead, the Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. Thank you for listening to the Misha All Access podcast and having an interest in Missouri high school activities and athletics. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Misha All Access podcast or any of the episodes in this podcast, please consider subscribing or liking with your favorite podcast provider. It helps other people find us, and we really appreciate you listening and supporting the Missouri State High School Activities Association.